Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. It's game day for the Hoosiers tonight. Bethune Cookman coming to Assembly Hall for a non-conference game. Not an exciting non-conference game, but early in the year to see this team play and to figure things out. I think each and every game is important and I know a lot of fans will be dialed into the Hoosiers this evening. Uh, Second regular season game of this 2022-23 campaign. And, of course, Don Fisher, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, he has the call tonight on the Big X. So tune in for that. Obviously, I know a lot of people love Fisher's call uh, in the television. You can maybe try to sync them up and take advantage of both. But big game tonight, not from a, a sexy or big or challenging way at all, but it is going to be an opportunity to see some different lineups and learn more about this team here very early in the season. Uh, National Signing Day yesterday, that period continues uh, into the fall for the next week and a half or so. Both of Indiana's signees in the 2023 class, at least to date, are official and signed and inked for Indiana. The school made that announcement a little earlier today, so we'll share some news on that with you coming up in just a bit. And plenty to get to as we head to Providence in a regional championship game on Friday. We'll have that call Uh, as well on 94.7 FM, one of our sister stations. And, of course, the Hoosiers on the football field taking on Ohio State in a major, major challenge uh, this uh, this weekend for Indiana for a struggling Indiana football program. So plenty to get to today. We've almost made it to Friday and Veterans Day tomorrow to close out the week. And glad you're with us here. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Whether you're live each day on the Big X or you're a podcast listener, uh, basically at your convenience, we're glad to have you with us and appreciate the great audience this show has. A reminder: the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414. 1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And uh, right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze or a 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, the Refreshing Rewards app, that is, and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton. So make sure you check that out and download the Thornton's Refreshing app today. Also, the show lineup today, 
a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and notes from IU basketball, from recruiting, uh, some other stuff. Also, Bellarmine Louisville last night. Bellarmine and Dustin Betts, Providence graduate, with a nice, solid game as the Knights score their biggest Division I win ever to date. After a great opening year of Division I play when they won the A-Sun Conference, they beat their rival in Louisville. Unbelievable at the Yum Center last night. So we'll talk about that coming up as well. Later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He's always our guest on Thursdays for the latest in IU basketball. We'll get you all set for the game tonight, some of the things to pay attention to. And then at the very end of our show today, Matt Weaver of Peaks.com. He's the football writer for the Peaks side. He'll check in as we talk IU football in advance of Ohio State. And I'm really, honestly, truly not even sure how many people care at this point. It is a Tough game. Ohio State is, what, number two in the country. Uh, it's going to be ugly for the Hoosiers. We do know that Connor Basilak is going to be back as the starting quarterback for that game. It's possible that we see some others in the QB slot as well on Saturday, according to what Coach Allen had to say earlier this week. But with basketball season here, with the football team slipping greatly in recent weeks, and with injuries and, I don't know, just so much going on with a team that's negative, uh, not even sure how many people care or want to hear about it or want to talk about it, but we'll give a little justice to IU football and their upcoming game with Ohio State today when Matt Weaver is with us later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's look at some headlines today. First off, game day for the Hoosiers. It's Bethune-Cookman coming into Assembly Hall tonight. The Wildcats from Bethune-Cookman are 0-1 on the season and coming off an 89-58 loss at fellow Big Ten member Iowa. That game took place on Monday. Tonight's game, a later tip-off, 8.30, which means pregame coverage with Fish and the crew here on the Big X begins at 7.30 tonight. The game will be televised tonight on the Big Ten Network. But this is the second of seven what are called buy games, meaning Indiana is paying Bethune-Cookman to come to Assembly Hall and essentially, and hopefully, if you're an Indiana fan or you're uh, on the IU staff but paying this uh, debt, hopefully you, you bury them. You want to learn and get better, but you want this to be an easy win as you move on to the Xavier game, which is next. I didn't realize this until earlier in the week, but the Bethune-Cookman team, coached by former NBA standout Reggie Theus, uh, they are a member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. This is the second year for Theus at uh, Bethune-Cookman. Of course, he was at U of L, so he's right here in his uh, nearest home territory where he was for many years as an assistant coach for Rick Pitino before he moved on to take his own head coaching job. But they also sport the SWAC player pre preseason player of the year. That is Joe French. He's a six foot five guard. He averaged uh, just over 15, almost 16 points a game last season. He's a career 43% three-point shooter as well and made 48% of his attempts last season. Uh, so in, in conference play, that is. Got off to a slow start, French did. He was uh, just had three points against Iowa, one, on five shoot, one of five shooting in 28 minutes, but he is obviously the big name to pay attention to tonight. Uh, they have Marcus Garrett, six foot two senior, started at Moorhead State before transferring there. Uh, averaged 13.6 points, 4.4 rebounds, 
and 2.8 assists last season. Those are a couple, I think, of the bigger names to pay attention to tonight. And, of course, coming off that loss at Iowa, uh, a big loss, as you would expect in these bye games. Uh, Indiana, a major favorite. I saw Ken Palm projects the Hoosiers by 29 points and gives them a 99.5% chance of victory tonight. The Sagarin ratings, Indiana a favorite there by 31 points. And looking at different sports books out there from Vegas, Indiana a 31.5-point favorite uh, at FanDuel when I checked this morning if you're going to lay some money down on the game. That is a lot of points for Indiana to cover, but uh, that's what these buy games are all about. So back to basketball tonight for the Hoosiers, second regular season game of the season. And thinking ahead about the future of this Indiana team, we mentioned yesterday it's National Signing Day. Just two players in the 2023 class for the Hoosiers so far, Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton. Both of those guys officially signed with the Hoosiers yesterday uh, uh, on the first day. I think actually Newton was going to have a little ceremony today, but he must have went ahead and officially signed his paperwork because we got the traditional release from the school that confirms both of those guys as additions to the program for the future and uh, allows Mike Woodson, the head coach, for the first time to actually comment on those guys. He said on Gabe Cups, quote, Gabe has grown up around the game as a coach's son, and more than anything else, he is a winner who has shown to lead a team to championship levels. He is an intense competitor who has an elite decision-making ability. He has tireless work ethic and is constantly looking to improve his game on both ends of the floor. He's played against such high-level competition, and that will serve him well in facing a Big Ten schedule. His leadership skills are off the charts, and he plays with the mindset of getting everyone around him involved and putting them in a position to be successful. Same thing on Woodson, or I should say on Newton from Coach Woodson. He said, quote, Ja'Kai is an outstanding two-way player who takes pride in his ability to be a lockdown defender. He has tremendous athleticism and is aggressive at getting to the rim. He is a well-coached and comes from a very well-thought-of high school program. He continues to improve and better himself with an outstanding work ethic. He has quick feet, a 6'10 wingspan, and tremendous ability to elevate, which will help him on both ends of the floor. He is a skilled player with a great build that should translate well to the Big Ten. So there's the first official words uh, from Coach Woodson on both of the 2023 recruits to date. And I do expect this class to expand late. I do expect that Indiana will nab somebody to add to 2023 as things go on. Could come late, could come unexpectedly. Indiana's still out there flirting with a handful of guys that aren't as well known. And it seems like the you know it, to the point where a lot of the great players in 2023 are off the charts for now. But with the rate recruiting works and late additions and late changes and coaching changes, uh, transfer portal can change so much. Who knows exactly how things work out. But that is the class as it stands today uh, for 2023. A two-man class, a small class. Uh, not really as concerning as it would be in years before the transfer portal, but I think both of those guys uh, have bright futures in Bloomington. And a lot of people really excited to get Cups. He really, really is a true point guard 
that can run the offense, distribute the basketball. Coach Woodson mentioned his great leadership abilities. I think if you've watched him play uh, in travel ball or with his high school team, which has had so much success uh, in Ohio, you can see that leadership shine through. So two guys to be interesting and follow their senior years of high school basketball getting ready to begin as uh, they prepare to come to Bloomington shortly after the close of the upcoming season. Also last night, I'm sure a lot of you with no IU game on and uh, that early season college basketball itch able to take in or watch the Bellarmine and Louisville game last night. Bellarmine had a nice lead. They went on to a 41-30 lead at halftime, shooting 60% of the field, hit five of nine three-pointers in the first half. Looked like Bellarmine might not only win the game, but win somewhat pulling away from the Cardinals. It did get tight at the end. Louisville had a chance in the final seconds to tie it or, I guess, take the lead with a two, and they did not. But Justin Betts last night, Providence graduate, rebounded the ball especially well, saw a lot of leadership abilities from him. And I'll tell you what, you know, Coach Davenport's been on this program a number of times, and I'm sure we'll have him on at some point this season. Um, He's been a real friend to Southern Indiana, and Southern Indiana, to be quite honest, with some of its great players, has been a real friend to Bellarmine. Uh, We go back to that national championship team, and even this year's team, just a number of guys with local connections and Indiana connections on that team. But Bellarmine, I think, is my adopted team. Uh, They play the game the right way. They back cut. They screen. They move. They play basketball, I think, the right way. And really fun to see them. I don't have any doubt, and I don't know anything about the Atlantic Sun Conference, and don't plan to watch a lot of games outside of some Bellarmine games from that conference this year. I don't have any doubt they're going to win that conference. They are just a special team. You can see it early on. I know Louisville's not that great. Louisville's going to struggle this year. So ultimately, uh, this Bellarmine team, that win may not even go on to mean that much, just the way things are shaking out there with Kenny Payne coming in, trying to lead a turnaround there in his first year. Don't know that they're going to be very successful, but a big win for Bellarmine, and I expect really big things for them. And It's great to see Justin Betts, such a great guy on and off the court, get one more year of college basketball, and it should be a really special season for the Knights. The one thing is, even if they win that conference or that conference tournament, I should say, uh, NCAA rules still prohibit them from going to the NCAA tournament and even the NIT tournament because it is owned and managed by the NCAA now. So the hope of a change, a rule change in the offseason, there was discussion about it. I think the Bellman situation uh, maybe got some traction there, but unfortunately no real progress. And so the Knights, no matter how successful they are, uh, very likely unless there's some crazy change midseason, which I don't think any of us expect, will not be able to be an NCAA tournament uh, team again this season. But that was fun to watch last night, that is for sure. So IU tonight, uh, Bethune-Cookman, that game coming up at 8.30, pregame coverage here on the Big X at 7.30. And then also a reminder, Providence football Friday night at Indianapolis Lutheran on WFIA 94.7. One of our sister stations, pregame about 7.20, Justin Kalen has the call that game at 7.30. And, boy, that's going to be a tough one for the Pioneers. I mentioned this earlier. The uh, Lutheran team has not had a single point, uh, touchdown or otherwise, scored against them in the postseason. So a real challenge for Providence coming up. Their defense will really, really get put to the test coming up in this regional championship game in Indianapolis on Friday night. That's our headlines for this Thursday, November 10th edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, 
Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will get you all set for the Indiana Game 2 of the season against Bethune-Cookman tonight and other basketball topics as well. Also still ahead, we'll talk some IU football, IU Ohio State on Saturday. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com joins us later in the hour as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich inside the hall will be with us here in just a few moments. But back to Bellarmine and Louisville last night. Uh, Bellarmine with nine players on their roster that played their high school basketball in Indiana. That is just an amazing number and probably why a lot of us will follow them this season. Of course, Justin Betts, the most local player. There's some others with local connections as well. Jalen Fairman, who played his high school basketball uh, at Jeffersonville on the roster. But amazing, nine high school basketball players from the state of Indiana on the Bellman roster this season. And, of course, they got a big win last night over a very struggling UofL team under year one uh, from Coach Kenny Payne. Alex Bozich inside the hall is uh, my guest right now. We're talking IU basketball here on this game day. Uh, Bethune-Cookman coming to Assembly Hall tonight. This is a, another bye game for the Hoosiers as they pay this program to come in and give them some early season run. And Alex, I don't think anybody's excited about the opponent tonight, but everybody is excited about this Indiana team with what we've heard and seen so far this season. Yeah, I mean, it's the second of seven of these guarantee or buy games, Matt, that Indiana's going to play in the non-conference, and we've talked about this before. It's just part of college basketball that, uh, you know, it's mutually beneficial, I guess, for, for both programs, and that uh, Bethune Cookman's going to get a nice paycheck, and Indiana's going to get a, a win and a chance to, to get some reps uh, for uh, hopefully some of its bench and get some younger guys' experience. But, yeah, I don't think many people are expecting this to be much of a competitive game, I will say, uh, from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, Basine Cookman has uh, a point guard, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Matt, you may remember a little bit from uh, him moving around in the state of Kentucky, playing at various high schools. Zion Harbin was a one-time, I think, a top 75 recruit. Um, spent some time playing at various high schools like Kentucky originally. Uh, went to Western Kentucky, never played there, and then Reggie Theus, who is uh, the Bethune-Cookman uh, coach, was able to, to sign him over the summer. So he actually brings them a you know legitimate top 100 recruit uh, on their roster, a good, uh, a good point guard with a lot of talent that could be fun to watch. He scored 15 points in the season opener uh, at Iowa. And uh, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be uh, – you know, a lot of points scored tonight by Indiana, and I don't think it'll be a, a very competitive game, but uh, it'll overall, uh, I guess, kind of fulfill its purpose for both teams and, and uh, kind of as I mentioned earlier. Absolutely. Alex, I did not realize until earlier in the week that 
Reggie Theus uh, was the coach of this team yeah. coming in tonight. And I didn't realize until I read a story uh, earlier from Zach Osterman, our friend as well with the Indianapolis Star, that Coach Woodson has a great relationship with him that spans back many, many years. I guess at some point we need to realize that Mike Woodson, with all of his years around professional basketball, he knows just about everybody somehow and has relationships and has had for so many years with all these guys. I don't know if we have Alex. We may be lost him. Alex, are you still there? We'll see if we can reconnect with Alex here in just a moment. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us here on this Thursday program, uh, getting ready for IU and Bethune-Cookman coming up tonight. Again, that's an 8.30 game, which means pregame coverage here on the Big X will begin at 7.30. But, yeah, Coach Woodson and Reggie Theus, uh, have a long history. In fact, they were teammates with the Sacramento Kings uh, back in the 80s when the Kings went from Kansas City to Sacramento. And according to the uh, to, according to the story uh, from Zach Osterman, uh, still remain close to this day. Alex, can you hear us? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you loud and clear now. Okay. I don't know. I, I could hear you the whole time. I'm talking yeah. there and you couldn't hear me, so hopefully... Hopefully uh, this is better. Um, yeah, I was just saying that the other tie-in with the team Cookman, I guess, with Indiana, Bill Garrett, uh, the IU legend, uh, the, I believe the first African-American player uh, to play in the Big Ten. I believe his son, Billy Garrett, uh, is an assistant coach at Bethune Cookman. So there's another kind of tie-in uh, there with Indiana, uh, something to watch for tonight. Absolutely. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, uh, as we get ready for this game tonight, I, I tell you, I remember last year, these early season games, we were glad to have the season rolling, but game after game after game, Indiana was playing low-level, non-conference games to, to get things started. The good news is that there is a little mix-up of things because after tonight, it's Xavier, so you get a real test for Indiana before getting back into some other similar games like tonight. So as far as the structure of the schedule goes for fans, you get to find out after a couple of these type of games next week how this Indiana team fares against much tougher competition. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, that, that Xavier game is sandwiched in between here, and I think we'll learn a lot from that. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say kind of in retrospect, uh, if you're Indiana – Maybe you want to put a little bit of a tougher game. At, you know, I'm not saying a, uh, you know, a top 50, top 75 opponent, but a little bit better caliber opponent one of these first two games because now you're going to have a situation where you likely come out and win two, win two games. Uh, well, you first you had the two exhibitions that you won easily. You're going to have, in all likelihood, now two regular season games that you win convincingly as well. And then all of a sudden you're going to you're going to sit there for a week and not play. Obviously they're going to get in the gym and work and get better. And then you're going to go to Xavier, which is not going to be an easy game at all. Uh, it's going to be not a, not a huge place. I think they'll they'll pack it in there pretty well. And there's a lot of excitement there about uh, the program now uh, under Sean Miller, getting him back. I think there's a sense there that they can really kind of rebuild something there at Xavier after being down here the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I look at that one. I will look at all these non-conference games as, you know, 50-50, 60-40 games going in. You kind of look at the Ken Palm projections for all of them, and uh, they could all be tough. So, 
yeah, the schedule, uh, I don't know exactly why it was laid out uh, the way it is, but, you know, you got two, these two, then you've, you've got Xavier, then you've got three more of kind of the cupcake games uh, sandwiched in there pretty quickly, and then you got North Carolina. So um, I don't know that we'll learn much in those five cupcake games, but we surely will learn a lot about Indiana uh, when they play Xavier uh, and then North Carolina later this month. Alex, talking about these non-conference games coming up, how does Indiana's non-conference schedule stack up to others in the Big Ten Conference? Um, I would, you know, in terms of high-level competition, in terms of the marquee games, I think Indiana's playing as tough of a conference, non-conference schedule as anybody. I think overall, when you look at the number in terms of where the non-conference schedule is going to rank, it's going to be weighed down a little bit. Um, by just some of the ranking of some of these teams, their sub-300 teams. You know, that was one thing uh, that people always pointed to with Tom Crean's teams. He liked to schedule a lot of these games. Iowa does it every year. I think it'll be towards the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit higher than that uh, in the Big Ten in terms of overall strength of schedule uh, number. But there's going to be a lot of these quad four games that really don't, count much towards your NCAA resume. Indiana's going to have a lot of wins in that category. So it kind of, it really puts a spotlight on those non-conference games because if Indiana wins, you know, they've got 11 non-conference games, if they win those seven that don't really mean all that much, don't really move the needle from an NCAA tournament perspective, uh, it puts, you know, those other four, if you only go two and two or one and three, you really haven't accomplished much of anything in the non-conference. So those games are, are really important. But the one thing I will say um, for the Big Ten every year, it's this way, and I don't think this year is going to be any different, maybe a little bit different um, because the league overall is, is down, and I don't know that we're going to have a team that's going to be seated in the top two or three lines in the tournament come tournament time unless they really want to run away with the league. But there's going to be opportunities to pick up, you know, those quad one, quad two wins over the course of the season. But you know, the thing about the Big Ten that I feel like is just a lot different than most leagues once we get into league play uh, is just how hard it is to win on the road. It's a consistent thing every year, and, and that's one thing that really gives me a little bit of concern about Indiana uh, this season is we haven't really seen that uh, with any consistency in recent years. And I don't think it's going to be easy, once again, to win on the road in the Big Ten. So I I think Xavier is going to tell us a lot, Matt, about just where this team is because they're a top 40, top 50 opponent playing them on the road early in the season. Not going to be easy. If Indiana can go in there and win that game, I think it should inspire a lot of confidence among the fan base that that this program and this this team in particular are, are on their way to a really good year. Yeah, I agree totally. Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest here on this Thursday program. Alex, bouncing around a bit, but uh, earlier today we got confirmation Indiana has received its national letters of intent from uh, both Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups, who both signed with the Hoosiers today or in the last day or so and committed really about a year ago is when both Uh of those commitments came in and there hasn't been a lot of activity or no no activity as far as commitments since that point. Your your take on 2023 so far, at least for Indiana? I think it's a good start. Um, You know, I like, I like what both of those guys can bring potentially. Um, 
I haven't seen either one of them play in person. I've watched a ton of film, um, but I think the uh, the upside, upside long term is, is both uh, with both players is there. Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I think Matt the last couple of weeks when we talked about recruiting, uh, Indiana's kind of put themselves in a position now where they're going to have to have some success in the portal. Uh, come spring, but I think in terms of the baseline with what they've added in this class, getting two top 100 guards to sign, I think is obviously uh, a big deal. Um, So, you know, I think they're off to a good start, but they definitely need to um, be ready for what's ahead in the spring and the portal because I think it's going to be very important. There's going to be a lot of guys leaving after this season, uh, just based on upperclassmen and potential for early NBA departures, only having two guys signed, uh, just start to do the math and look at the depth chart. They're probably going to need at least two or three guys maybe in the spring from the portal. So it puts a lot of pressure, too, on the season uh, going well because I think a lot of times in the portal you'll, you'll, uh, you'll get guys that want to go to a situation where they can get minutes and where they feel like they can win uh, pretty big the next season. And if you if you just come off a really successful season, I think it – it makes it easier uh, to get guys. Look at Illinois last year. I know they didn't have that uh, high-level success in the tournament, and they were upset fairly early, but they, they had a really good regular season, won a lot of games, and then they were able to go in the portal and uh, replace a lot of the key guys that left, with getting guys like Terrence Shannon and Matthew Mayer uh, like they did. So, you know, I, I like Cups. I like Newton. I'm not convinced that either one of them are program changers, but I think they're solid multi-year players that can help you win a lot of games in the Big Ten. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, getting back to the roster and the team this season, yesterday uh, on Wednesday morning we got a chance to hear from Tamar Bates. And obviously each week you get a player or two in advance of upcoming games just for pregame media availability. I thought he was very mature in some of his comments. I thought he had some interesting Mm -hmm. things to say. He seems to be really bought in uh, to Coach Woodson and the overall concept of this Indiana team. Absolutely, he is. Uh, he was, you know, committed to go somewhere else, and he got to know Indiana's coaching staff in a pretty short period of time. And I think Mike Woodson and uh, the vision that he had for the program was a big reason that Tamar Bates ultimately ended up in Bloomington. And I agree with you, Matt. Just listening to him talk, he uh, his approach, you know, he kind of sounds like a, you know, different guys, different different experiences with the media and the way they communicate. And for the most part, I think a lot of, most of Indiana's players have always been pretty good uh, with the media. You know, sometimes they uh, don't say the most interesting things and kind of give cliche answers, but Kamar Bates doesn't do that. He, you ask him a question and you can, you can see the wheels turning uh, in his head a little bit. He's very thoughtful about what he says. And, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy when, when he's one of, uh, one of the guys that they have to speak to us because you can feel like you can ask him anything and he's going to give you uh, kind of an unfiltered thought on what he's thinking. And I, I also appreciate just, and this doesn't have anything to do with basketball, but just how much he's embraced like the changes in his life off the court, having his daughter and uh, Tyler Tashman of, of Indy Star yesterday was asking a couple questions to him just about the tattoos that he got recently um, to. Uh, to kind of honor, you know, his daughter and, and 
show how much uh, important she was. And he was showing us the tattoos on the Zoom and talking about it. And it was, it was really good. I, I think it helps just with the media and also the fans. Uh, when you kind of know a player a little bit better, um, you know, it, it's easier to tell stories about them. And as a fan, I think, when you're watching the team, if you, if you know a little bit more about the player and know their story off the court, uh, you want to root for them more because you're, you know you feel like you know them and have a connection with them as a person. So I think it's it's great that you know we got all that time with the players in the off season. We had the media day this year where we kind of had the round tables and had a chance to talk to guys and you know to, ha- to have a chance to talk to to the players and spend a little time with them and, and learn a little bit about them. I think is good for the media and it helps us be able to communicate to the fan base uh, the stories behind these guys. And I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Alex, got to bring up Louisville Bellarmine last night. Not sure if you got a chance to watch that game or not, but Louisville continues to struggle here early on. And Bellarmine, can mm-hmm. you believe, year two of Division One basketball, they beat uh, Coach Davenport's former employer. He worked for Louisville for many years under Coach Crum and Coach Patino. And, of course, nine Indiana high school basketball alumni on the Bellarmine roster, led by a couple of local guys uh, immediate to our area. Pretty neat to see. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two parts of this. One, I think Kenny Payne, long term, will get it done at Louisville because I think he's going to get players, and I think he's going to, um, you know, put the right people around him uh, to to make the program successful. I think it's, uh, you know, been a tough start for him, but I, I do think ultimately he'll he will get the job done um, because he's going to be able to get talent, and I think in most cases, talent is going to help you win a lot of basketball games, but. Not surprised at all that, that they lost last night because Bellarmine basketball is, um, uh, you know, up and coming in terms of Division One. Obviously, they won their conference tournament last last year. Actually, went to the conference championship game last year and watched them win that. That was cool to see at Freedom Hall, and they uh, they just play a style that is very methodical and it's very hard to prepare for for any team. So in a lot of ways, it was kind of a nightmare uh, scheduling situation for Louisville because, you know, they're a team that make you play very, if you're not disciplined against them, they're going to pick you apart. And Louisville's really still learning the basics of how they want to play under Kenny Payne. There's a lot of, you know, the the players learning him and him learning the players. And and quite frankly, they just don't have the the talent that they're going to need this year to, to be uh, you know, I think anything more than a bottom three or four team in the ACC. So it could be a long year for them in terms of wins and losses, but I think the outlook for both programs is excellent. I think, like I said, I have a lot of confidence that Kenny Payne will, will get things done. Selfishly, I want to see them do, a little, do uh, better uh, so we can get that Indiana-Louisville series going and playing again. I think that would be great for the area. And Bellarmine, I mean, I've known Scotty D for a long time. Uh, my son's gone to his camps. Uh, just a great, I think, ambassador for basketball in, in this area. He's done, done a lot of good things, and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to death to, to see how successful they've been. And they're a lot of fun to watch. I mean, they don't, they're not going to have, you know, four or five-star kids on their team, but he can, he can find kids and recruit to his system and get them to play winning basketball. And if you ever get a chance, you know, you're around here, you get a chance to go out to, to Freedom Hall and watch Bellarmine. I mean, they're a lot of fun to watch just from the Nexus and O standpoint and how they execute and play the game the right way. 
Yeah, they play basketball the right way, as you said. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, the trajectory of that program moving forward. Already year two, uh, you mentioned what they did a season ago. I think they've got a great chance to repeat that type of success this year. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they can't make the NCAA tournament. But it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I I feel like Coach Davenport and the future with his son and the staff he has, they could become the class of mid-major college basketball. And to do so right here in Kentuckyana, with Louisville and Indiana and, of course, UK already having great fan bases and at times being very good, the future, I think, is really bright for this area. You mentioned Coach Payne and what he could do there. I'm uh, completely in agreement with you that I think he will get it done. I feel Indiana is heading in a great direction under Coach Woodson, and Kentucky has has always got players. They're they're big time. Their national championship Final Four level of success has varied a little bit from time to time, but this area is going to be really good, I think, in future years, and I think Bellarmine's going to be in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't be, you know, a program like a like a Belmont or a Davidson or something like that going forward. I'm not saying they're going to end up with a, you know, a Steph Curry or, you know, a Dylan Windler or something like that that, you know, plays, plays in the NBA or something on their roster, but I mean, they're, they're legitimately good. Um, there, there's not many programs that can come from D2 uh, to D1 uh, and have the level of success that they have had. It's not that they have, like I said, it's not that they have great players or great talent, but they play together as a team, and their offense, just to watch it, the cutting, the movement, uh, they don't dribble the ball very much. Uh, it's just really fun to watch if you like to watch uh, just high-level execution on both ends of the court uh they're they're impressive to watch and like i said i'm i'm happy for them uh it's you know it's a great school and uh they've they've earned it uh moving up the ranks and i think scotty d what he's done there is, is a big part of that so i'm, I'm happy for the success and i agree with you on everything else man. i think the more high level basketball that we can get in this area of the country i think is, is a great thing and seems like all the programs are heading in the right right direction for the long term, so that's fun to see. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, we'll catch up with you again next week. Thanks for the chat today. All right, Matt. Have a great rest of your day. All right. We will head to a commercial break. I probably should also add, you know, Purdue opened the season earlier this week on Tuesday with an 84-53 win over Milwaukee, and I didn't get a chance to see that game, but everything I've read, very, very much uh, talking good about Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, two freshman guards that were uh, very good in their debut, regular season debut uh, for the Boilermakers. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with a quick talk on IU football. Matt Weaver of Peaks.com will join us and uh, we got to chat a little bit about IU and Ohio State coming up on Saturday. Stay with us. Uh, don't forget IU tonight, 8.30 tip-off and 7.30 pregame. Don Fisher and the IU Network crew right here on the Big X. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, we are headed into IU football and Ohio State coming up this weekend. Obviously a very tough game for this uh, struggling Indiana football program. And Matt Weaver of Pigs.com is with us right now to preview that game. Matt, expectations for this weekend. Obviously it's a huge, huge challenge for this team to take on Ohio State. And given where the season is at, uh, what, what do we expect to see from this team? What are some things maybe we should be hopeful for to see from this team as they try to get better for the future maybe? Is that how we say it at this point? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's the return of Connor Bazelak after missing the last game, um, you know, the Penn State game. Uh, <clears throat> he's going to be back under center. Um, so, you know, see how he looks. Um, you know, go off a couple-week layoff when you, when you count in the bye week and then, you know, do they try to, they've hinted at maybe trying to incorporate um, uh, Dexter Williams into the offense after he got his first playing time um, in the Penn State game. So, you know, kind of how does that look? I mean, um, you know, is there, can the O-line be any better? Because they're just, you know, and it's not, you know, I'm not calling out Rod Carey, but it's hard to, you can't fix an, um, a position group midway through the season. You just can't do it. There's just not enough time. It's too late. Well, you are what you are. Um, you can maybe try to, you know, do some things to kind of help them out. But the bottom line is this whole line is just not very good at all. Um, and it's just killed this this team in so many ways. And then defensively, you know, can you prevent some big plays? Um, you know, this is an incredibly explosive offense. Um, NFL players all over the place. You know, can you, can you not give up huge plays, which is something that's been a real bugaboo for the Indiana defense this year. You know, just hopefully go in there and compete and, you know, see what happens. I mean, I, I, I think Ohio State's going to be highly motivated after a poor showing last week. And, you know, I think this could this could be a, an ugly day for Indiana if, if, they, if they show up and play like they have the last, you know, five or six weeks. I think in addition to some of the concerns you mentioned, there also is <clears throat> uh, some issues, maybe some health concerns with the offensive line. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, we just had Tom Allen on a, um, a Zoom call, and I actually asked about Josh Sales' availability and, he said he's still questionable, which, you know, lends me to believe, I mean, this is just a guess, that he probably won't be available this week. Um, <clears throat> as far as other O-linemen, I think they're okay. Um, but, you know, obviously this would be, this would be you know, sales of redshirt freshman. This would be a good – I mean, he's had his struggles this year. But, you know, the only way he's going to get better is by playing. So this would obviously be a, a, a good chance for him to go against a great team in a really hostile environment. And, and, you know, this is the kind of stuff that makes you better. I mean, practice obviously helps, but – you can't replicate what you're going to see on Saturday um, in the, on the practice field. So if he can't go, it's, it's a bummer. But, you know, it's uh, other than that, I, they seem to be relatively healthy, you know, at most positions. Um, so he did announce Jack Tuttle's done for the season today. No surgery for his shoulder, but he is out for the rest of the year. All right. I saw that as well. I was getting ready to mention Jack Tuttle. So uh, kind of an interesting year for him, the captain of this team. Uh, he did not get the opportunity early on at the QB slot announced a few weeks back that he would transfer to the conclusion of the year, but has stayed involved with this team and actually got a chance to play a little bit, obviously, which led to his shoulder injury. So it'll be interesting to see what's next for him. Kind of a really interesting uh, story to follow him uh, here in his time at Bloomington. Yeah, and, and you know, after you watched him play, um, you know, Saturday he did some things and he made some plays with his legs and he he did some things before he got hurt. It's just too bad. He just had such bad luck with injuries. A lot of it is, you know, he just got beaten to death because the O line has struggled to protect. And you know, it makes you wonder why he wasn't given an opportunity sooner. Um, I got to believe he's you know at least looked close to what he looked on Saturday on the practice field. 
So just kind of a head-scratcher that he's never gotten a chance um, until this week, especially when you, you know you were in the midst of a four- or five-game losing streak and the offense had just completely gone in the tank. Why you didn't maybe try to give him a, a shot to see if he could give you a little bit of a spark. I mean, if you got that Jack Tuttle against Rutgers, you'd probably win that game. You know, maybe the same against Nebraska. Yeah, I'm not saying for sure, but you just never know. I mean, that his, <clears throat> excuse me, his ability with his legs really made a big difference in that in that first quarter against Penn State, um, and it could have been a big difference in some other games. So, you know, I'm not the coach; we're not the coaches, but it just makes you wonder why you know he wasn't given an opportunity sooner. All right, uh, good stuff, Matt Weaver, Pigs.com. Matt, I'm curious as well, you know, high school football really gearing up here. We've got Providence, our only local team left, uh, playing in a regional championship game against a very good Indianapolis Lutheran team this Friday. Uh, are you paying a lot of attention to the high school postseason, and is there anyone from an IU perspective as far as commitments or guys Indiana is still actively recruiting that uh, we should watch out for here in the regional round this week? Well, I mean, in the 23 class, the only guy they had in state was Sam West, and he plays at Greensburg. And you know, unfortunately, Greensburg does not have the strongest football program. I, I you know, I believe they got beat early on in the, in the tournament play, um, so he's out. As far as 24s, um, you know, I haven't looked at the latest. Uh, I haven't checked out the um, who's left, but I would assume there's probably some guys left. I mean, at some of the bigger schools um, that are still playing. Um, there's, there, I would assume there's some guys that Indiana's after. I, I've been more focused really lately on they're after a lot of junior college players, and they got some guys coming in for visits in December. So I've been kind of focused on getting lined up, who's coming in, and, and who could be a priority guy. So um, I'll probably check out the 24 uh, recruits who are still playing, and, and uh, you know this week. But I'm not sure of any names for you right now. Gotcha, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. You can read his great coverage of IU football at the Peaks website. And, Matt, as always, thanks for staying with us this season. I know it's not always been uh, a blast, but uh, still want to keep uh, up with the latest with IU football, and you're the guy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com with us. And that's going to wrap up things for this Thursday edition of the program. A reminder, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And another reminder, just a couple broadcast reminders. We've got IU basketball tonight. 8.30 is the tip-off, the Hoosiers and Bethune-Cookman. And then the uh, pregame tonight is at 7.30. Always good stuff. You get to hear from Coach Woodson. You get the starting lineup. You get injury updates if there are any for this team of course, one thing tonight from an injury perspective, Trace Jackson Davis, will he still have that soft cast or brace, whatever you want to call it, padding on his right uh, right hand, right wrist? We'll see about that. Right thumb, excuse me. Uh, we'll see if that's there tonight. Just little things to pay attention to here early in the year. And then Friday night, Providence football on our sister station, WFIA 94.7. A big challenge as the Pioneers head north to take on Indianapolis Lutheran in a regional championship game. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the IU contest tonight. We'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, and more lined up for you Friday on that edition of our show. Again, have a great Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 